Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. Okay, our guest today is legendary Australian style authority, Melissa Penfold. She's a columnist, editor, best-selling author, and one of the most well-respected design names in Australia today. And for the last two years, she's been working on what she calls the ultimate decorating book, published by Vondon Press. It's called Living Well by Design. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's such a pleasure. It is my very first podcast, believe it or not, and I am delighted to be with you. I'm shocked your beautiful voice has not been present on more podcasts. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've yes. done radio, but not podcasts. So okay. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> we have not had any Australian designers or anyone on the show, so it's exciting to have some some, some fresh perspective. Oh, well, delighted to be here. Delighted that my first podcast is American because <laughs> most of my followers are American. Oh, that's right. You have an amazing Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this book, Living Well by Design, it's such a stunning book. And it's a wonderful collection of homes that you've and you so expertly break down each room in each home for the reader. So we know what to look for uh, when we see the design elements that are working best in the space. What was it like for you to put this book together and features so many beautiful homes. Look, I I chose my, I've been doing it for so long that it was just a pure joy. Uh, I I just chose Vendome. The president of Vendome contacted me two years ago out of the blue. I just got an an email, an unexpected email and said, look, we admire your work and we could think of nothing nicer than doing a book with you. And I thought, oh, how lovely. And (laughs) I, he said, we just want your aesthetic. And I thought, how fabulous. So it was really just putting together a collection of homes that were my aesthetic. And it was a mix of my own home in the country, uh, never before seen content, mainly Australian, and some of the world's most beautiful homes. So you'll see a lot of AD100 houses, uh, AD100 designers rather that you girls, of course, will know. Um People like Bunny Williams, Joseph Durand, uh, Peter Marino, a real mix. So there's something for all comers, uh, which I've always shown people things. You may not have the money, but we can always use their ideas. We can use their paint colours. We can use their sense of scale. We can use their proportions. A lot of what I have learnt over the years is by visiting people's houses and thinking what not to do. I think, what is wrong with this room? And it will often Ah. be the scale. It will Mm. often be the furniture arrangement. It will often be the way they bunch up furniture around the fireplace or the television. And I often, I went to a designer's house the other day and I just wanted to move all the furniture out. And she was quite (laughs) a young designer. And I had to say, 
do you mind if I just move this furniture out? Because she was Did only in her that? early 30s. Yes, she was <laughs> only in her early 30s. That's amazing. I, thought, I love it. I'm going to do this girl a favour for her life because it was all bunched around the fireplace and I just wanted to move it out. But getting back to the book, I it was breaking. The book is about demystifying good design and showing people how to appreciate their homes in a whole new way and it all starts with a sense of place just it starts with a sense of place opening your house to the outdoors creating your own sanctuary and your own little your own little oasis wherever you live whether that is a uh, an urban bed sit or a country house and we've got them all we've got small flats we've got we've got big country estates and as soon as you walk into your home, your spirits should lift. And if it feels that way to you, everyone that visits will feel that way too. And design should make you happy. And every house in our book is like that. And that's what the book is all about, cre- helping you create a house you love for you and your family. And it's very easy to get it right. It's just as easy to get it right as to get it wrong. And we help you do it first time. And it's not stressful and it's not hard if you know how to do it right. I, you, you mentioned earlier you have these incredible houses, some of the best talent in the world. But I loved, I mean, obviously the, the images and the homes are it, like incredible, but I just love the way you break them down in really simple terms, in digestible terms. So, and I have to say, when you order this book, you have to read the captions. Like the yes. captions, there were no, the so many great key. nuggets in the captions. Yeah, but <laughs> I just want everyone to kind of get a feel for how you break things down in very simple ways. I mean, well, for instance, if you don't have flowers, I love flowers. I love flowers. I never buy flowers from a florist. I buy what. Is I was brought up in very with very extravagant mother, very extravagant grandmothers. I think I had a violent reaction to both all of them. Um, I love my mother and my grandmother dearly, but I, my mother was very avant-garde. I, I grew up in a house with done by a famous Australian decorator. With my walls were bright pink glazed watermelon, and the hall was bright uh, lime glazed. And I love calmness and you know um and they were just so extravagant and so I think I love showing people how to do things for nothing so I go to the greengrocer and I buy whatever's seasonal and or and costs nothing so if apples are on special or potatoes are on special I buy a box of 40 and pile them into big baskets and you've instantly got or no flowers no problem fill Fill your teapots with frilly lettuces. And I think I started that trend 20 years ago. And now everyone in Australia is filling all their, you know, their tables with frilly lettuces. And it, it costs $10 and you've just got this huge, fabulous assortment of kale and spinach and frilly lettuces. And you can eat them when they're sort of three days later. But you've got this fabulous, that I don't, you don't have to spend $100 on flowers. You can spend $10. And you can fill your benches with 40 apples. If you lack time and talent, just go to your grocer and, and you know, buy 30 
whatever's on special, sweet potato, cauliflowers, kumara, I always have them in the house and they just make me feel so happy. And I use them for when I'm entertaining. If you look through the book, you shop in your cupboards, go and look at all your trays and trays and champagne buckets and bring them out and pile them with things. Um, you'll be surprised what you've got in your cupboards and you use can use for decoration. And you don't need to knock down walls. You can just rearrange what you have. One of the guys in the book, one of the Australians, is one of the best decorators in Australia. He's been his his um, houses are enduring and they're timeless. He built his house. Um, his name's Michael Love, and you will see his house in the book. He built his house in Sydney thirty six years ago. Um, he has not repainted it in thirty six years. It still looks what? as modern today as it did when he built it 36 years ago because it is very simple. The windows are placed with mathematical precision and he he said there is nothing he would want to change. What he likes best is the position. So if you love the position and you link it back to its setting and its location and you screen out the neighbours with trees, and this is what every place in the book has done and we show that you know link your house back to its position you do not want to you think is this appropriate is this suitable you do not want to create a on the 23rd floor of a you know high-rise Versailles you know I went to someone's house and I thought you know it was a fully themed recreation of a of the Sun King's palace it was all French you don't mm-hmm. want that on the 23rd floor. You've got to create that sort of, and this is what all these houses show, how they're, there's a lot of Provencal houses, Hamptons, um, those sort of things, and they show you how to do that, um, to link a place to its setting. That's your first step. Your second step is composition and balance. You want harmony. You want things to match. match. You want unity throughout. And let utility be your decorator. How are you going to use your rooms? And this is what we break down in all the, in all the, you know, in in the book. I wrote that quote down. Utility oh, is the best. Utility. Dec- uh, well, it's what, the best decorator. Utility is a great decorator. Think of function and let it guide every decision. Yeah. If you have a desk like you girls with your podcast studios at home, put the mm-hmm. desk at one end of the room. Put your sitting area at the other end of the room. Make your desk pretty. Put a lamp on it, a big lamp on it. Put your books on it. Make it work. You know, you don't have group a couple of sitting areas in one room. Don't put one huge big sofa, wraparound sofa in a room. It it's, looks like a doctor's waiting room. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You're totally, not I love right. it. Anyway, the book, the book. I just want to buy the book for its cover. I haven't oh, opened the cover. When it arrived, when it arrived, I barely opened it. I just was this cover. I put this together in about you know no time at all. The, all the flowers are from the garden and my my neighbor's garden, and 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 did I'm you like, ask first? Oh, yes. No, no, no. She's one of my best friends. And she said, my garden is your garden. I think she regretted it ever since. I'm always over there. And, and she doesn't care. And You'll need to get her a it. copy. And, and she couldn't care less. And she, but her gardener does. He says, Melissa, 
could you pick from the back rather than the front? (laughs) (laughs) Is your friend Melissa been again? But anyway, she, but what you do, I was at a, a, a dinner, quite a smart dinner, and I thought, I am not enjoying this dinner. And I thought, I can't relax. And everything at the, everything at the, Dinner was the same height on the dinner table. The centerpiece, the glasses, everything was the same height. When you set a table and when you decorate a room, everything has got to, you've got to build it like a cityscape, like a townscape. You need different heights. You need, so there are different things to look at. This will force you to, this will create focal points and help you relax. So it's a good rule of thumb just when you're doing a table when you are doing a room create you need things for the eye to travel around I went to another girl's house that everyone was raving about I thought I've never felt so depressed it had all the right (laughs) it had all the right (laughs) ingredients lovely you know all the right names in fabrics and but everything was the same size so you just need contrast like this. You've got the contrast of the border and you've got the contrast, you know, go for contrast, go for size variations. So the lessons start on the front of this book. And <laughs> I didn't even know I was doing it. I'm so on automatic pilot. I feel like a lot of the rooms that you've that you've selected for the book are, are very calming and very neutral. But it's really great to hear you say, like, pick those three colors because when you go through the book and you start seeing that you start seeing that being a theme of there being a bright color or a neutral or a Liz this house was the happiest house I mean it is the happiest house everyone that goes there feels heal- healed instantly it is it's got wooden floors it is grounding if you arrive stressed with a cold even people that have been seriously ill everyone I had a friend that had had a breakdown she came she seemed to rise like a phoenix and be healed um I don't know what it is I don't know whether it's the where it is or it was the most calming calming it is the most calming calming house it's got windows on both sides of every room and every room walks out onto garden if you can have windows on both sides of a room, it's it's the ideal. Um, if you can, what you see, people think it, light and space is great, but what you see out of your windows is very important. Um, having a calm background with your walls and floors is fantastic because they're obviously a big consideration with budget and they last the longest. Like my friend whose paint colours are the same, 36 years later, they've obviously darkened with age. If you can, because you can change everything else around, and changing things around is how you make refresh things. Decorating is amazing because you can refresh your look so quickly and easily. You can you can change your coffee table. You you know I'm constantly changing things. One of the things that you said, and this kind of goes back to you're talking about. Well, it's broken into chapters. The first chapter is a sense of place, which you mentioned before. One of the things you said in there that I just loved was that you should play up your house's strengths. 
because I oh, yeah. I feel like we we each often look at our homes and think about what they're lacking, you know, or or what we need to fix or what's not right. But I love the idea of looking at what your house does have and really focusing on that. And is it a small room? Okay, well, make it feel small and cozy instead yeah. of trying to make it feel big. Or does it have original hardware on the doors? Okay. Make that stand out or great windows, yeah. you know, and like small, small rooms. People think they need to use small furniture, but use one big piece because it will, it will make that room. It will give it the architectural weight that that room perhaps doesn't have. And that can be the best room in the house. You know, exactly. Make You can make every single house, no matter what it is like, fabulous. Fabulous. Okay, so here, here's my one question for you, though. Your your country house opens up onto gardens. You're talking about your... There was some There were some homes that have, like, amazing, like, views of Sydney Harbour. Okay, what happens if you live in a cul-de-sac in, like, a subdivision... And your house looks like everybody else. Like, how are you, like, how do we play up the sense of space there? You know what I mean? Because I feel like it's you can paint the easy. House, you can paint the house, first of all. You know, curb appeal is fantastic. So you can paint the house a fabulous color. It depends how, you know, how, how much risk you want to take. But you could paint it a fabulous color. So if you were game, you could paint it black um, to begin with. Um, and then because then greenery would really pop um, against it. And I had a friend with a project in Kit Home that did that, and it just looked fabulous. She had a very ordinary house, like you're saying, but just very unexciting. She then put an extension on the back, a big with those big metal doors, and you may not want to do that. But if you painted it a fabulous colour and concentrate on the curve appeal, just by painting it an unexpected colour, like a black. It could just be wow. And then some fabulous plants, like just two big scaled planters against the black. That would just be like, oh, wow, with two fabulous lights against the thing. That just um, instantly black. I can see it now. Greenery, fabulous. <laughs> okay, inside. Again, paint. Paint and lighting are the cheapest, most effective, dramatic ways to change your house. Just fantastic lighting and paint. You know, if you painted expensive-looking colours, you know, those wonderful deep, warm beiges and, and, again, harmony, unity, you want to use the same sort of things, you can you can make something look very good, very good. Again, curtains, we're going to come to, I think, a, a house where we're going to look at how they can improve the interior. Curtains are one of the window treatments are one of the first thing people notice when they they don't look at the jaw dropping architecture. They actually look at the smaller things and they look at window treatments. And window treatments are one of the ways you can instantly improve an interior because you can give it the dimensions the the sort of Joe average house doesn't have by by hanging your curtains from the ceiling. So say that house in the cul-de-sac doesn't have great dimensions inside, you could give it the dimensions with window treatments by taking them right up to the ceiling, putting some good 
my friend yesterday that I talked to said he had just redone the whole floor throughout with a beautiful grey and greyish white sides with a bit of a wool. He said it looks as though everyone's come in and said, have you redecorated? He hasn't redecorated, he's just redone the floor. You can make a very small change. So I'm about to do the same here at this city flat. I'm redoing the floor. It's had a it's had a herringbone tobacco kind of size or that's gone a bit ginger. And I'm going to put the grey and white and it'll make it look as I've redecorated the whole thing. You can do little tricks that make it look like so I don't know what's the matter with the place inside. What is the matter with the place inside? This is bit, a bit, these, bit, this is a hypothetical place that I've made up. Oh, okay, <laughs> but is it a bit generic? I would go for expensive-looking well, paint colours and some fabulous curtains hung high inside. Inside, you do have some amazing tips about lighting too that I oh, made and, many and notes. lighting. You know, lamps, four lamps in a living room rather than overhead. Four lamps in an average size living room and turn them on. People don't turn them on. They don't change the bulbs. Turn them on at night. That And low lamps, low, you know, not bright. And that can instantly make – my kids loathe it. The men loathe it. But I have lamps at night and everything looks good by candlelight, including, you know, the people in the room, the room. I'm a bit sick of candles, but I think – table lamps just look so fabulous yeah you know what i think that every lamp should be on a dimmer like even your lamp oh, yes. I think that, like, yes 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 absolutely people put their their life fix you know their hardwired stuff on dimmers but i have a couple lamps yeah. that came with a dimmer as the the switch is a dimmer oh yeah. my god life-changing i know i know, I know. <laughs> and you know totally. every, every single thing should make a contribution to the whole so everything that surrounds you affects you. So only have things you love and make sure they reflect you. You know, if you just make sure they reflect you, forget what the neighbours think, follow your heart and you. if you collect things you love, you should have a house that, uh, that if it's collected with the same strong eye, you should have a house that you really love. I love that. One of the things that you you mention is the way that you accessorize rooms to give individuality and distinguish yeah. them from everyone else's. But what are what are your go to things? What are your things that you oh can't gosh, look, be you know, I've been collecting since I was a young girl. I, look, I was exposed to design from a very young age without actually knowing it. My mother had fabulous taste. My grandmother's had fabulous taste. I told you this. I used to hate it. I we used to go shopping, antiquing, and I, I loathed it. But so when I got my first paycheck, I bought a beautiful antique mirror. And so I've been collecting and then I bought a Gainsborough chair and and I've still got those two pieces. And I think I, I build rooms up from collections, not fabrics, not fabric swatches. And they're the kind of rooms I like. So I like antiques. I, I think from traveling, I love the European way. I love the French way. And so my rooms all have a bit of a French bent. Um, I, I love chairs. I've got a bit of a fetish for chairs and I have to sort of, <laughs> I, I have to watch myself with those. I love rattan and wicker. I think rattan and wicker makes everything look right and it relaxes a room. Uh, you can just, I, I actually have to move some stuff recently and I counted up the baskets I had and I thought, oh, look, they're, I've 
I've got to stop this. I love vintage <laughs> baskets. I love vintage baskets. They just make everything vintage, round, trade square ones, deep ones, anything. I've got them all in the laundry. But, you know, I love foliage. You know, foliage is the cheapest, chicest decorating accessory. You can, but I'm talking a big basket and then just loading it with foliage. It instantly, because when I go down to the country, I would think you're looking very brown. I walk into the main room and I think you're looking very bland. So I instantly go into the garden or over to my friend Sky's garden and I and I <laughs> just get loads and loads of foliage and I stick it into a huge basket. I can never have enough. And the rooms just come alive and it, it's free. It's free. And it lasts for like two weeks. So I love potted cyclamen whatever is it, the greengrocer, cyclamen, hydrangeas, and you just shove it in a pot, in a basket and stick it on a kitchen bench, a dining table, a sideboard, entry table. Instantly your room will come alive. I can see a t- Tauron in the back of yours. You could put something on your Oh, sideboard. I need something green. No, mm-hmm. green, <laughs> green. It just, greenery just mm-hmm. brings your house alive. So mm-hmm. I love that, ration, um, champagne buckets, fabulous. Champagne buckets, I can never have enough. And if you're having, I know we're not having people over at the moment, but if you're having people over, even just two people, one person, six, ten, I always have a bag of ice in the um, freezer. Tip the bag of ice into the champagne bucket, line up your glasses on a tray, and it looks as though it looks so glamorous. Mm -hmm. It's just like Great Gatsby. It is, but it's so easy. It's a bag of ice and a champagne bucket, which you've got. You tip it in, put a bottle of champagne or even just a bottle of spirits. And it just, everyone goes, oh, you're mm-hmm. so glamorous. I think, well, it's it's not really. It's so easy. <laughs> and I want no food. I just give them that. And you know, I, buy a, I buy a big wheel of whatever, you know, is going reasonably, you know, the cheese or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, um, it's just so easy and so e- so easy, and um, and it's all about. It goes back to living well. It just goes back to living well, knowing how to use your house, and knowing how to do things properly, and putting your glasses through the dishwasher so they always sparkle, and <laughs> um, and having enough glasses. When you buy your glasses, buy twenty. Don't buy eight. So then you have a lot of everything. <laughs> You know, I love that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. There was something in the book you said was um, like having really good everyday stuff. Oh, like, yes. You, good stuff is your everyday stuff. It's, you use mm-hmm. it every day and you use it for the fanciest dinner party. And you don't have things locked away and, you know, your wedding presents locked away. That or your wedding, whatever you were given for your wedding present, if you like it, it is your everyday stuff. Right. And and like, I, I loved the idea of it too, because you didn't necessarily say like, oh, it should be like fine china, your best thing no. should be your everyday stuff. But just making sure that you yeah. love your everyday Everything stuff. Everything you buy mm-hmm. has to be quality. So whether that's a $2 glass, just make sure it ha- the proportions are right and it's well made. So whether that's a $2,000, commode or a $2 glass, everything has to have the right proportions, be well made and so anything that enters your house has to be quality. 
I remember like when I was shopping for, you know, flatware or whatever for our house, like I feel like the way it feels in your hand, yes. like, sometimes Wasting. it's too heavy, mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes it's too light. You know, you, like you have to find that Goldilocks thing that you, yes, yes, yes. you know, and Absolutely. like be, And be a glass, picky. is it right on the lips? Is it right in the hand? Mm-hmm. You know, everything, cutlery, glasses, plates. But when you find the right one, buy a decent number. Ten is mm-hmm. better than six, twenty is better than twelve. Yeah. So, you you know, I open my cupboards and I love seeing, you know, 20 white mugs, 20 Mm -hmm. champagne goblets, 20 white, and they're all the same. And I just know, you know, I don't want to see a mishmash. Well, and I like that you you spoke to, again, just whatever your budget is, buy the best in your budget. You can, yeah, yeah. And And plain is usually. Plain is usually, if in doubt, plain's usually best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can update yeah. it with, you know, modish updates every season if you want. Look, the, the rule of thumb is 70% classics and 30% trends, I think, mm-hmm. for your staples, for your rooms. Mm-hmm. I know that's a good one. I love that. Yeah, because that's so easy to ago. follow. Yeah. <laughs> you finally were looking at rooms and measuring and you're like, Well, I okay. just worked it out actually as a young girl. I thought, right, I think that's the ratio. <laughs> that's perfect that's for perfect. everything for dressing for interior decorating for entertain for everything but as i said it's still it gets back to living well that's it now uh yes so you you also speak to in the book you you because again this is such a guide you say like don't skimp and you literally list sofa wicker chairs stone or wood floors as yeah like yeah that, that to me is is pretty much the perfect house because again it's timeless one of the things you mentioned in the book that i and i'm just going to read the quote because i there's no sense in me rephrasing it because it was so well done the first time you say texture and pattern make interiors warm welcoming and comforting rooms with all matching curtains cushions and carpets however a market Lack character, but a mixture of textures, patterns, finishes, and colors infuse interiors with richness and depth. I feel like that perfectly articulates why it's so important to have a variety of textures. And we've talked about it a lot on the show, but it's that, you know, just kind of sh- saying like it's that flatness is what's not, is what's feeling weird. And so that's why you need all the textures. I don't yes. know. That was just kind of a light bulb moment yes. for me. It's true because we talk, you know, everyone's saying, oh, add texture, add texture, and we don't really know why, but it's texture is what adds comfort and richness to our life. You know, you go into these houses that have a lot of glass and steel and wood. I mean, wood is lovely, but, and they just, texture is what, and fabric and, what add comfort and richness, as I said before, to our lives and make an interior feel right and like a place you want to be. And that's how we add those layers of of sensuality to our rooms. Yeah, sensuality and interest. Yeah, to our rooms of interest and character and comfort and and make us feel cocooned and want to be there. And the real test of a room's success is a room you want to be in, the room that you want to be in. And they're usually the rooms with a lot of texture. And texture comes in so many ways. Like what else other than upholstery? Because I feel like upholstery is sort of what your your mind automatically goes to. Yeah, you know? which is curtains and fabrics and things. But there's, there's 
wall coverings. Texture can be glass, like the glass glasses and rattan trays and, um, gosh, I'm just looking around. <laughs> you know, lamps, all the metal lamps and lanterns and celadon lamps and all that is texture. Metal um, in any way around, a, in any form around the house or a table that can add texture. Any leather, glass, paper, lamp, timber mm-hmm. in a chair, any t- any material used in a chair. So that can be timber, metal. So all those lovely materials. I love metal and all the metals. Think of them, nickel, chrome, um, and all the lovely sparkly things. Like I love a bit of sparkle in a room like chrome. Sometimes if a room looks a bit flat you can add a little sparkle to it and it'll bring it alive like old cigarette cases or um cigarette boxes or a you know lovely silver bowl or something you can just add that sparkle ceramic bowls beautiful old ceramic bowls or celadon that's all texture right Another line that was my favorite from your books too is, I know, well, that's what we're talking about this book, is you said your house is your is like a stage, right? Oh, yeah. And yes, you want to accentuate when you're on stage and then you have areas that you kind of want to fade away in a space. And I really liked that too. Oh. Well, thank it just sounded you. so beautiful and poetic when you put it like that. I could picture oh, thank it. You. Like Broadway. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there's also the common areas which are different from the private areas, like bedrooms and things. But you want to use every, like the country house, every room in my house I use. And you want to make sure you use every room in your house. And if there's a room in your house you don't use, you want to look at it and think why. Let's, well, it seems like in today's world where we're all stuck at home and we we're demanding so much more from our houses than mm-hmm. we have before, you know, yeah. you've got it's got to be your office and your workout place and your your homework spot and like your library. It has to be yeah. all the things. So we can't afford to have a room we don't use. I oh, mean, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, Not we're acceptable using, anymore. We're using them more than ever. And that's why they need to be, you know, our sanctuaries in our happy places mm-hmm. and 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 <laughs> my home has brought me so much joy and I just want everyone else to learn how to make their homes you know their happy places well I mean you share all the tips and tricks yeah, yeah. they should be able to do it if they look at your book oh <laughs> yeah yeah, you really do an amazing job breaking it all down. So, Oh, thank you, Caroline. A joy to read. Oh, thank you, Caroline. What makes designing in Australia so different than here oh. in the U.S.? Okay, Australia is, because we have such a relaxed, casual lifestyle, our homes are designed to be very relaxed, casual, casual for easy living for a very easy lifestyle. And I think that translates very well, more and more increasingly well for the whole the way the world is living. So it's, we've always had this, you know, houses have always opened to nature. So we've always had big door openings. We've always, our lines have always blurred between inside and out um, with big verandas, big decks, swimming pools, 
and just an emphasis on easy, casual, relaxed, comfortable living. A lot of timber, a lot of rattan, a lot of canvas, and just very easy living. Uh, Big dining room tables, open plan kitchens. The houses I've chosen have a very Australian sensibility, even though they're all around the world. And I think the Australian, I've chosen about four or five Australian houses, and but the, even though they look quite international, there is this sort of essence of Australian style that does sort of fit the rest of the world, I think. It's just a very easy, effortless elegance. Is it like... When you say easy living, do you mean like nothing is precious or like just a casualness with which you approach your interiors? Yes, I think both. Nothing is precious. You know, we certainly wouldn't have silk inside. Nothing is precious. You can have the dogs on the sofas. That's encouraged. Dogs are allowed inside. Nothing is precious. Nothing is precious and everything's very casual. Increasingly, you know, the house I grew up in, uh, we had a beach house and my mother used the outdoor furniture inside, which was, when I think about it, very modern, very modern, but it looked fabulous. And it's something now I see that it's a trend that people use, bring the outdoor furniture inside. She was 40 years ahead of of her time. (laughs) It was quite sort of normal for me to use that, Mm. being Australian. This whole big door openings and huge raising your doorways and wandering inside and out. It's very Australian, very casual. A lot of wicker, a lot of wicker indoors. We we were using wicker indoors, you know, 50 years ago. Um, I I feel like maybe like a little bit, like maybe California sort of borrowed its its vibes from Australia maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that indoor outdoor, you know, that indoor outdoor yeah. sort of like connection. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also a lot of wicker, a lot of seagrass on the floors, a lot of um, mm, very distinctive style. Uh, we we were using outdoor fabrics inside long time ago, all that sort of stuff. Always smart, always very smart. Yeah, We've got some good designers, Thomas Hamill. Um, he does a lot of work in America. He's in the book. Um. And he does a very good Australian style. I have to brush up on my Australian style um, lingo. (laughs) That can be our next podcast. (laughs) I love it. Well, should we do a decorating dilemma? Oh, yes, Yes. please. Okay, I will read it, and then uh, Melissa, okay. you will answer it. Okay. Okay. Uh, it is from Emily, and she writes, Hello, I've been catching up on all my episodes, and I recently listened to Cheryl Luckett's episode, A Risky Move, as now I'm planning my own project. 36. On that note, I have a dilemma with what to do on the sliding glass doors and windows in my kitchen and eating area. I moved out of an apartment and into a townhouse last summer in Boston's southeast neighborhood. I'll include some of the electric blue before listing photos to illustrate what we've done so far. Laying hardwood, skim coating, the popcorn ceiling, and painting everything neutral. We are preparing to kick off a kitchen renovation in two weeks and we'll be putting in white cabinets with polished nickel hardware and marble subway tile backsplash. 
In the eating area, we currently have a white tulip table and chairs from our old apartment, as well as a tan banquette. I call it the kitchen couch that I scored from a, a brand new on a Facebook marketplace. The banquette blends very closely with the wall color, so I was thinking I may drape a small colorful blanket over the back to add some interest for sheep. I'm also in the hunt for a secondhand stained wood oval or rectangular table that is larger than the white ones so that we can sit six in this area when my sister comes over. The white IKEA cabinet is nice to have, but I am open to moving it elsewhere since the items in the cabinet will be stored in the kitchen post-renovation. We are going to hang a cute flowery light fixture over the table where the can light is currently and put crown molding around the room. My question is how should I handle the sliding glass doors? You can see in the photos that our deck area backs up to other houses, so privacy is a concern or else I would probably have nothing on the window. There is also not enough space on the right-hand side of the door to have a curtains on both sides. I was thinking about doing a faux Roman over the kitchen sink and using the blinds that is on there for now for function. Should I have curtains on the sliders and a matching fabric pulled all the way to the left? Should they coordinate but not match? What kind of pattern or color would you suggest? Is there a better way to get some privacy on the sliders? Also, I'd love any other ideas on how to spice up the eating area in general. Painting could be fun, but there isn't really a nat natural point to stop the paint before it comes into the hallway. Um, okay, so that was Emily, and then she attached a whole bunch of photos. Okay. Well, I think, look, the best thing she could do, Emily, Emily, what would make the biggest difference of all to that space, because the floors are great, walls are great, is to open up the entire back. But I don't know whether that's in the budget, because that would make the whole room absolutely sing. That would, just opening up that that back door would make it fabulous. Fabulous. Do you mean like making it a bigger slider? Big, like big a door. Bigger... bigger door, right to the ceiling. That that mm. When people do that, it okay, it might be expensive, but it would make the space. It would make the space and, and make the window bigger. I know she – and put a shutter on it. That would – people are always – think they've got to stick with what they've got and don't see beyond that. But if she did that, that house, it would add – the value to the house and it would just be sensational however if she wants to stick with what she's got she can correct that window and the sliding door with by hanging curtains from the ceiling so she hangs get rid of the sliders she's got to get rid of them they just are not good um so get just because she inherited them she doesn't have to keep them so hang new curtains from the ceiling because that will give the space, the architectural weight and the dimensions the space doesn't have instantly. Hang them on the left. Use fabric in the same colour as the walls. Don't use a pattern. Don't use a whatever. Get a lovely metal rod, a thin metal tiny wrought iron rod, and use – the fabric can be cheap. It doesn't have to be expensive, but use it in abundance. So it looks expensive and abundant and and wonderful. Go to the fabric wholesaler in her area or outlet or whatever and get a lot of it, you know, metres and metres in abundant folds and the same colour as the wall. Forget the faux Roman blind and get a proper Roman blind and hang it again from the ceiling. 
and make sure she goes wider than the window, a little bit wider than the window. Don't be mean. So that, again, she gives it just, you know, about two centi- two, uh, centimetres or inches, but a little bit wider than the window. And I would also give it, put in a new kitchen faucet because I think that could really modernise the space. And the floors are great. I like the tulip table. I think it's great, but I'd lose the tablecloth. And I'd bring in the other kitchen chair and just put that around the table in a pair so the two chairs sitting in a pair opposite the bonquette and then meet just two in a pair that would look lovely and the bonquette's lovely if she can keep the IKEA cabinet there I would I think it's lovely there and if she wants to change the paint just carry it through all the way through the hall because that's what you want you want unity and even though I think the paint color is lovely she could use a slightly warmer paint color a bit more beige warmer with less gray and more warmth um but and i would also change the handle on the sliding door just to a smarter handle because i think it would really update the area i think it's lovely i think the bank bonquette's lovely i think the tulip table without the tablecloth is very nice emily i think bringing that kitchen chair in would be very nice but i think once you once you hang those curtains right from the ceiling in an abundant beige sort of heavy, wonderful canvas, I think you'll have a very smart space with a matching Roman blind. Do it in the same colour. Get a new kitchen faucet, you know, a lovely farmhouse faucet. I think she's like basically gutting the kitchen. Oh, is she? Banned? So I think I think oh, that, great. Yeah. So I think that all. She's oh, I polished, think okay. polished nickel hardware and oh, marble. Oh, brilliant! Sorry, sorry. Top. Oh, sorry. I wasn't listening. No. I mean, I was, but I was. there was a lot in there to digest. Oh, there was Emily, and and then do you know what else I'd do? I would shout yourself two fabulous plants to look outside at. Two big pots with two big yeah. orange trees because you mean on the on the patio? Yeah. I would shout yeah. yourself two big gorgeous orange trees or or something that, I don't know, olive trees or something because it sounds like you've got good taste and just so you can look through that door that is open and just two big orange trees or some find out what your neighbours are growing that grows well and have a walk around and put two big pots there in a pair outside that door so you can look at them just against that fence. So you're looking at something pretty. Yeah, I would yeah. even if it were me, I would grow something on that. Fence. Well, so like, would I. Yeah. So would I. But you know, like jasmine or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grow some jasmine. I've got jasmine on our fence, and it grew like wildfire. It'd grow in one and season. And it smells so good. Yeah, grow jasmine. That's mm-hmm. even better. Grow it because that <laughs> fence. You're never going to be able to have a good time with that fence there. She did a good job painting it green. I feel like that was a good call since it was sort of red before. Oh, was so, it? You know, yeah, yeah like before. if you go down to the bottom, it's sort of And Jasmine, what do you color. think of the rug on that floor in that area, just to warm it up? Yeah, I think I think if she puts oh, a rug. I think yeah. a rug, but you'd have to get a big one that went almost to the to the kitchen counters, like big. You get one on Amazon. So should so she should do rectangular? Not like a round or anything. Oh no. No, no, no. I think there's enough sort of I think a big rectangular to sort of anchor the whole area. And don't worry about, you know, people worry about dust and everything and having things out in the open. Just 
you know, don't even think about that. Just do it. And I just think you, I think just if you can't raise that door, just hang those curtains and do them in abundant folds. And I think you'll have a really, really smart area. Yes, for sure. Yeah, those vertical hanging blinds are. They've got to go. And so yeah, is that little. Not doing that, you any favors. And forget that little, rip that other little blind down too. Don't have a faux <laughs> one with, and, and be pulling up under that. Those kind of things annoy you. That'll annoy you for mm-hmm. the next 10 years. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Definitely. Little things annoy people. Little things annoy people. So just make it a functional Roman blind or or even do uh, Venetian, thick Venetian blinds painted the same colour as the walls and use the slats as wide as a plantation shutter. That's what I've done in my kitchen in the city. Oh, Not a, a bad idea. idea. Good luck, Emily. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck, Emily. You, she's like 90% there. Yeah. You know? She's got a good foundation. She's yeah. just got a it's just few tweaks. Fixing that back, giving the, those curtains the dimension. Look, I had that problem here. I had these little windows and I just covered the whole wall with the curtain treatment. So that's basically what she's got to do, cover that whole back wall with window treatment. Yeah. 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 Love it. Please send us photos, Emily, when you're done so we can see your progress. Yes. Thank you for listening. Okay. Yes, thank you. All right, Melissa, can you tell everyone where to find you, follow you, get your book, find your work? All oh, Caroline, <laughs> they can follow me. Let's start with Instagram. Melissa, Pen- Melissa underscore Penfold, and I would love them to follow me at Instagram. Uh, and they can follow my website and blog at melissapenfold.com and my book they can buy at Amazon uh, whatever country they're in uh, America, Canada, Australia and I would love them to buy the book literally because I think it'll help them create a the house they and their family deserve a beautiful happy home and everyone deserves that yes for sure I, I, I so enjoyed the book, so mm-hmm. we're thrilled to have you on. And yes, thank you so much. Thanks for giving us a chance to look through it. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!